right, well, it's good to have you tonight. Come on in, grab a seat. Time for church to start. How about you look at your neighbor and say, it's wonderful to see you. Let them know. It's, it's wonderful to see everybody tonight. Live streamers, by the way, if you're on live stream, it's good to see you tonight. But come on in, grab a seat. We're going to get started in just a moment. But I do have a, a, a couple quick announcements for you. Um, don't forget, obviously, 21 Days of Prayer is happening. We're in the midst of it. We'll talk about that a little more in just a moment. Um, back on the back uh, table, there are some sign-ups for things coming up. Like, for instance, uh, we have Love Your Marriage coming uh, Friday, March the 1st, 6 to 9 p.m. It's a night to strengthen your marriage. There is child care provided. There is dinner provided. It's going to be a good time. So uh, make sure that you sign up for that. Make plans to be with us for Love Your Marriage. Also, uh, February the 7th, that, that's March the 1st. That's kind of a long and advanced announcement. But coming quicker than that is Mar uh, February the 7th which is a Wednesday night. We have Next Steps, and what's happening Next Steps, if you're, if you're wanting this to be your home church and you want more information about us as a church, Next Steps is for you. Or if you're saying, yeah, I, I, I want this to be my home church, but uh, I, I want to know more about dream teams and small groups and, and just stuff about the church, that's also for you. So sign up in the back for that. That will happen during church on Wednesday, uh, February the 7th. So that's uh, Next Steps. Then again, March 1st is Love Your Marriage. So make sure you're uh, ready for those two events. And by the way, uh, February, here in a couple weeks, we kick off all of our small groups again for our, our uh, winter and spring semester. Sunday morning, we're going to introduce all of our small group leaders, and they can tell you when they're meeting, and all that business is going to happen Sunday morning, so make sure you're here for that. Other than that, how about we stand up on our feet tonight? How many know it's good to be able to come to the house of the Lord together and worship together and be in His presence together? Amen. Well, let's do that tonight.
attention. We just ask you to come like a rushing wind. Come in like a burning fire, Lord, and burn things off of us tonight. We just say, have it all, Lord. Have it all. Become greater in us so that we may become less, Father. Lord, I thank you just as we didn't wonder if the sun was coming out today. Just as we weren't worried if the sun was going to come out today, Lord, we don't need to worry if you're going to come. You're already here. You already called us yours. You already sent your helper to us, Father. To stand in the assurance that we are His. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, the name that can change things, the name that can raise people from the dead, the name that can make the blind see. That is who we get to call for. Hallelujah. What a mighty King we serve. We're so glad to have you here with us tonight. If you would, just go around and greet some of your family of faith. And kiddos, you are dismissed. Well, it's good to see you all tonight. We'll give everybody a chance to get their kids checked in the kids' church downstairs and, and all of that good business. But we'll get ready uh, for tithe and offering. If you have something to give, uh, offering overloads are in the chairs in front of you. If not, Wave your hand around, and, and one of our amazing ushers will help you out. I want to be, I want to be in every area of giving in my life. And it's not just money. It's all sorts of stuff, right? I want to be cheerful in my giving. Because that's the right attitude. If you give begrudgingly, just don't give. It's not changing your heart anyway. Amen? But learn a cheerful attitude. Amen? Why, why, why would you have a cheerful attitude about giving? Because you are starting to catch something about God and the nature of God. And also then how it changes you. That puts a smile on your face. We're talk, by the way, Sunday, Sunday, I, I want to talk to you about what it means to catch the heart of God. And, and we're going to talk about the importance of understanding or at least catching glimpses of the why behind the what. In other words, well, God said this and God asked it to do this. Those are, that's the what. But if you don't catch the why, which is the heart of God, doing the what sometimes doesn't work out for you. You know what I'm saying? If you don't, 
if you give begrudgingly, you haven't caught the why behind the what. See what I'm getting at? And when you start to understand the why behind the what, the what's much easier. See what I'm getting at? And it's with all things when it comes to uh, things that God has asked of us. So as we give tonight, our tithe, our offering, uh, God, God is a, a, a God of increase in our life, Lord. We do it with a cheerful heart. You, you know, let me tell you something. You can give cheerfully because greed has no place in your heart. But when you're greedy, man, I don't, I don't care if it's a penny. You're always thinking, that's just that one penny, though. I put that in that one account I have and the interest I can get over that over, you can multiply it in your head. This one penny can make me, you know, $100 over the next 10 years. You'll be like, man, I don't know about giving this penny. You know what I mean? Well, but when greed has no place in your heart, you're a cheerful giver. Amen? All right, let me pray. Lord, we thank you that we can give because, Lord, that you are our provider in, in all things that you are uh, increasing us. And, and, Lord, even sometimes when we do struggle financially, it doesn't mean you've left us, but you are always there making a way. We thank you for that. And as we give tonight, we honor you and worship you with our giving. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. All right, before we get our Bibles out, let me uh, highlight to you 21 days of prayer, which we are in the midst of right now. Don't forget, um, the church is open uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Saturday morning, it's open 8 to 9 a.m. And, of course, we're here uh, Sundays and Wednesdays for church, and that's going on through February 27th because we, we kick off our year with 21 days of prayer because we're a pray-first church, A, and B. And being a pray-first church, we're seeking the counsel of God, direction of God, the strength of God for this new year. Amen? which is, if you haven't been around, which is what all these post-it notes are on the wall. Uh, these are prayer requests that people have put up there. So when we come in and pray during these times, we pray over the post-it notes. Uh, there's also a blue piece of paper at the back table that just has kind of a prayer guide of things that we're all on the same page, uh, things we're praying about during the 21 days of prayer. What I will do is I'll throw some uh, post-it note on the stage here with the pen, so if a prayer request has come up or if you haven't been here at church for a little bit and you want to put something on the wall, uh, you can go ahead and do that after church. Uh, and during these 21 days, Wednesdays are just a little bit different. Notice we shorten worship a little bit. I'm, I'm going to teach for a little bit here, and then we're going to close out tonight actually in prayer. Okay, we're going to practice what we're saying uh, here tonight. Also at the back table, there are some resources. There is a Pray First book. Uh, that I stole from Highlands Church. I didn't steal it. They told you can have it. Um, but it's a really great resource about teaching you how to pray. Uh, that's back there. And if, if you don't like paper forms, but you rather have something on your phone, there's a QR code back there that pretty much puts an app on your phone. That's what this is, but it's on your phone instead. So you can check that out. And this is a great resource. Chris Hodges uh, wrote this, and they give this out freely to uh, churches to use if we want. So we did that. So anyways... Uh, so what we're doing on Wednesdays as far as teaching, we're teaching on prayer. Uh, so uh, two weeks ago, we kicked off. We just talked about the relational aspect of prayer. Last week, we talked about what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. And we touched on a little bit on what some people would term spiritual warfare. Uh, next week, I'm going to talk to you about what it means when Jesus said, and I'll give you whatever you ask in my name. We're going to talk about that next week. And in two weeks, we're going to talk about intercessory prayer and what it means to pray the scriptures. That's two weeks. Now, tonight is your most favorite topic when it comes to prayer, yours and mine. And we talk about this once a year because I've got to keep putting this in your heart. I want to talk to you tonight about fasting. Yes, your favorite subject and mine. That's sarcastic. Um, how many of y'all like to eat? That's the reason why we're taught to fast. <laughs> uh, so I don't, I don't talk much about my fasting life, and, I'll, and we'll just read a scripture. It just shows why I don't do it. Now, there, there's corporate fasting that we do together. There's also private fasting. Uh, there was a time that I was on an extended fast. It was, I think it was as long as 21 days, however, however long it was. And I was driving home from wherever I was at, and I just decided in my heart, I'm over. I'm done. And then, then you, you know you're hungry, but when you say you're done, you know you're hungry. You know, you know what I'm talking about? And I just passed a Burger King sign that said $1 Whoppers. You know, you buy one and get that. So don't ever fast for a long period of time 
then your first food in your stomach is a handful of Whoppers. Not a good idea. I tell you that from experience, okay? Don't do that. Um, it was good for the first several minutes, but then, hey, you know, I'd have been better off still fasting. Anyway, so Matthew chapter number six. Let's just, let's just see some things about fasting. I'm going to talk to you about it, give you some points on it, then we're going to pray together for a little bit. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number uh, 16. Now, th this is the uh, third of what Jesus calls uh, acts of righteous, righteousness or practicing your righteousness. And he says this in, in uh, verse number 1 of, of chapter 6 here. And he talks about giving to those in need. He talks about praying. Then he talks about fasting. It says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that they are fasting, uh, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, and notice the word when there, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret rewards you. Just like we were talking about with prayer, you know, God sees what you do in secret. These acts of righteousness, as Jesus calls these, are not to be done in front of others in a prideful way to get pats on the back that, oh, you're so righteous because you pray and you fast. So the best case scenario is that when you fast, it, Nobody knows you're doing it. Why? Because it's something with you and God. In other words, we don't need the humble brag to tell people you're fasting. Or, or, or when you get around food that somebody else is eating, nobody's saying nothing, but you go, oh, I can't be here. Well, what, what's the matter? Oh, well, I, I just didn't want to say it. I'm fasting. You know what I'm talking about, the humble brag. God sees what you do in secret, and there's a reward of what you do in secret. So in other words, uh, we don't want to have pride mixed into the things that we're doing that are in certain ways connecting to God. Luke chapter 18, jump there real quick with me. Luke 18 and verse number 10. It says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed this way or prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners and unjust. And notice that first word, extortioners, there is pushing against the tax collector. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Watch this. I fast twice a week, and I give the tithe of all I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even look up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I tell you, this man went, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For whoever exalts himself will be humble, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. You can fast consistently and even give tithe of all your increase and still not be justified before God because there's pride in your heart. So we don't do acts of righteousness in a prideful way because it negates what you're trying to accomplish with what you're doing. Kind of like I said, if you, if you have a greedy heart, giving doesn't, what to do? Not much, not for you. There's nothing happening in you that you're being taught and grown in. So fasting is something we do before God. It goes hand in hand with prayer. Now, just kind of say this. There, there are different uh, different kinds of fasting that we practice, what you find scripturally is a fasting of no food. That, that's why if you like to eat, which everybody does, well, I don't like to eat, you will when you get hungry enough. Everybody likes to eat, right? Fasting of food is a way of something you're teaching yourself. So you have in the scripture, you find a fasting of food with water only, okay? Uh, now, Again, I, I say this with uh, wisdom, okay? Uh, this is not something, fasting is not something that if you don't do this, you can't be saved. 
or you don't get special seats in heaven someday because you fasted. In other words, we do these kind of things, whoa, we do these kind of things with wisdom. So in other words, if, if you have a health issue that it's not good for you to, to, to not eat, don't fast. Or, or if you have something, let's say you got something on, you got to take something and you got to eat something with it, then I would say do that with your meal, but then fast another meal later in the day or something like that. Does that make sense? Uh, but we do these things with wisdom. So there's a fasting of no food. And anytime you fast for an extended period of time with no food, you got to have a lot of wisdom with this. That makes sense. And by the way, if you've never fasted before, I, I wouldn't tell you to jump in and do a three-day fast or a seven-day fast or even longer. Wisdom. All right? Now, there are other kind of fasts. If you've seen the Bible, uh, the, 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 uh, what do you call it? The, yeah, I was going to say, but what, what, what would you say? that his, uh, The food that he ate versus what he did not eat, you find in Daniel. And people do what they call Daniel fast, okay? It's a certain kinds of food. Uh, that's not necessarily called a fast in the Bible, but they pull that from what Daniel did in the foreign land, not eating of, of, of what uh, that land was providing for them in that sense, but staying strict to a diet. That's what I was looking for, diet uh, of what he held. But you can do that if you want to. There, uh, some people, again, it's not so much consecutive days or a day. They may do a meal or, or uh, you know, a different kind of time period than just consecutive days. And some people, and I would say this is not even something you find in the Bible, but if you, if you led to something like this, there's nothing wrong with it. Some people will fast something like social media or some secular thing, okay? Nothing wrong with that either. But the point being, if you're led to fast, then do so. I don't like to fast. I'm not going to be any sort of super spiritual here. Don't like it, but when the Lord impresses on my heart to enter into fasting, whether it's a day or a longer period of time, I will do so because I'm led by the Spirit to do so. That makes sense. So we respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit because whenever we're led into something like this by him, there is a reason for it, right? So um, look at Matthew chapter 9. And uh, verse number 14. Matthew 9, 14 says, Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not? So, so those that were with Jesus, his disciples, weren't fasting at all. And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Obviously, it's a rhetorical question, but, but no. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. So Jesus is saying, look, I am here right now. I'm not having them fast while I'm here, but when I go away, those who follow me, my disciples, will fast. One of the aspects of the fast is that Jesus is gone, and we, in a sense, are emptying ourselves to be as full of him as we can be until he comes again. Because, and this may make you feel good, in the new heaven and new earth, there won't be fasting because we will be with him again. You see that? But we fast while he is gone. So, so in, in a certain way, as Jesus said there, in a certain way, there's a level of fasting that is a certain way mourning. Wanting the closeness to Jesus that we don't have because he is not here physically with us. And it's sort of emptying of yourself to be as full of him as possible until we are waiting for him to return again. Now, that's one way you can see fasting. So you can purposely fast simply wanting to be full of him. Think about that. Now, does that mean you get fuller of Jesus when your stomach is empty? No. But it's very symbolic in what it's saying. And you're showing yourself something, right? Uh, there's an aspect of fasting that is learning how to deny yourself. 
In other words, you're dealing with your flesh a little bit. So uh, uh, often when I feel impressed to fast, I, I will prayerfully, uh, how long? Full days, three days, whatever it is, longer. And I will commit to that length because it's very easy in the midst of it to go, I'm just really hungry. I think the fast over. I learned how to deny myself in the midst. That makes sense. So it is a certain way of being uh, opening yourself to be more full of him, but also learning to deny yourself. Again, empty yourself to be filled by him. Uh, and we see actually in Luke chapter 2, you don't have to turn there, the prophetess Anna at the temple, uh, it was connected to worship and prayer. So when you fast, it is a, is a time of, of a bit more focus, if you will. And in that time of more focus, being maybe more attentive to prayer and worship and things of this nature. Uh, we see in the Bible some different things like uh, in Daniel chapter 9, uh, there, there's the mention of fasting. It, it was connected to inquiring of God about something. So, so there may be times if I have a big decision to make, I'll fast. Again, focused, uh, uh, emptying yourself to, to hear what the Lord would be saying. So it can be connected to inquiring of God. Um, in the book of Ezra, chapter 8, fasting was connected to simply humbling yourself before God. And putting yourself in a place to not only be with him in a, in a certain way, but then to submit to him. So it's, it's kind of like this. When we see in the Bible something like fasting, which goes against our nature as creatures to survive, right? You are humbling yourself to a directive of God. You're submitting and doing something, and on the surface, people that don't understand these sort of things, why in the world would you do that? I mean, we eat three meals a day plus three snacks in between plus the fourth one later when we get up in the middle of the night. Why would you not eat? Well, because there's something there that God is after in my heart, so I'm submitting to this request. Does that make sense? So it's about submission. Elsewhere in the Bible, um, we know that when Jesus was in, in, in the wilderness and he ended up being tempted by the enemy, he was fasting for a period of time. And the Bible says when he came back in Luke 4, he was full of the power of the Spirit, right, and, and really launched into uh, his earthly ministry at that point. So it's connected in a certain way to kingdom work. Uh, Jonah chapter 3 uh, Connected to repentance, coming to a place of repentance before God. But there's another big picture thing here. There's just little, little side points about it. Another big picture thing here is that Jesus is the bread of what? Life. And fasting teaches you to remember that. That the most important source of sustenance in your life is him beyond your physical needs, that we take time, set apart, and in a certain way, you're setting yourself apart because when, when you fast, you stop doing your normal routine. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to make breakfast. And if it's what I do 90% of the time, I'll make an egg and a piece of toast and drink some orange juice and I'm out the door. Then, I don't know what time you guys eat lunch, but about 11 o'clock tomorrow, I'm ready for lunch. That's early. But that means by 5 o'clock, I'm ready for dinner. That's just the way I roll. She's not like that. She likes to do later eating times, right? My, that's not my normal habit. It sets you apart from your normal habits in a certain way, consecrates yourself, and pulls you out of your daily routine to focus. And remember that Jesus is the bread of life. 
And he is really what I need. And I will go so far to empty myself physically in a symbolic way to have more of him. Because when I'm fasting, if I'm not eating my meal, that already opens up more minutes in my day to pray and worship and get into the scriptures. You see, there's a sort of consecration that comes with it. So we fast, and again, whether it is fasting food or if you do it a different way, we fast because we want to remind ourselves, live within that Jesus is the bread of life and my flesh does not control me. I will learn to deny myself. Okay? So that's why we fast. And here's the thing. I'll just be really honest with you. There have been times when I've fasted for, for a period of time when I came out of that fast feeling full of the Spirit or coming out of fast with an answer to a prayer, and I've come out of some that I felt no different than when I went in. Let's just be honest. But there was a benefit to it just because of the fact of then just that focused time. So we talk about developing a healthy rhythm of life rhythm of life connected to him, that we have a healthy rhythm of uh, getting into the scriptures consistently and praying consistently and worship consistently and, and the gathering of believers consistently. Make fasting a part of the regular rhythm of health of your spiritual life, uh, a part of it, okay? Uh, the, now, again, this can be seasonal. There, there are times when in, in my life, again, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I don't like to talk about it, but where I'm in a rhythm of fasting once a week at least. But then there may be a season of three or four months I fast. I don't fast at all. It, it is what I'm being led by the Spirit to do because I will never do it in a legalistic way that God's only happy with me if I do it or I have to fast a certain amount of days. Then God will hear my prayer. It, it's not like that. But it, again, all of these things, if you think about it this way, all of these things, whether it is Get in your, in your Bibles, the scriptures, whether it is praying, whether it is fasting, whether it is worship, all of it in its base level is for relationship growth and strength with God. And if you remember, all the base of it's relational, then it will never be legalistic. Because God loves you and he's happy with you before you fast. He doesn't just get happy with you and love you because you fast. I fast because I want to know him more, not because I'm trying to get something from him per se or make him happy with me. You see what I'm getting at? If you think that way about prayer and worship and fasting and, and even coming to church, we don't do these things to make him happy. We do these things because I'm saved. Now I want to know him more. If you do it that way, then it'll always be in his proper place, Right? So develop a, a rhythm in your life of fasting. Now, if you said, I've never done this before. Okay, great. Do a meal, lunch, dinner. Like, like if you, you say, I'm going to fast dinner. Then you eat your lunch like normal. Then you don't eat again until breakfast. But sometime in the evening, you have a focused time of, of just prayer and the word in place of your meal, right? Or, or if, if, if you're just going to fast a day, whatever the last thing. Now, listen, don't, don't, you, you can start doing things that, that turn out silly. If, if I know I'm going to fast tomorrow, it's not like at 1158, I'm going to jam a bag of chips down my throat because I know I'm not going to eat for the next day. Don't do that stuff. Whatever your last time you would have normally ate, last, that's the last time you normally eat that day, then fast the next day and then, then eat again when you wake up in the morning. But consecrate your day. That makes sense. Don't, don't start doing things, well, man, I'm going to fast for two days and I'm going to build up a whole bunch of fat the week before so I can survive those two days. No, don't do that stuff. Then, then what's the point? What's the point? You know what I mean? Your regular routine then consecrate yourself, then come back to your regular routine. And again, I, I only tell you these things to give you an example, but I generally don't talk about it because what God sees what we do in secret 
to reward you. So you will never know when I fast because I don't have any time with him. Amen? Now, there may be time we call corporate fast. Well, we do it as a church, and we probably will do one here pretty soon. But we are looking to be full of him. That's what it's all about. Amen? Okay, so I know it's a quick run through, but do it as you're led by the Spirit to do it. But if he starts to lead you, don't argue with him about it. Amen? If you have questions about this, I know it's a quick run through of a subject like that. If you have questions, come ask me questions. I'd love to talk to you more about it. All right? What we're going to do for the next several minutes until 8 o'clock, 13 minutes or so, we're going to close out with a time of prayer tonight. I encourage you to walk around, pray for the prayer request uh, on the wall, the post-it notes. If you have some that aren't up there, please uh, write some and put them up or grab one of the blue sheets off the black back table and pray with that. Or you can pray about whatever, but let's, several minutes here, let's pray together. Live streamers, we're going to shut down because we're going to head into a time of prayer, but we encourage you to spend a few moments in prayer too tonight. So let's, let's pray, and at 8 o'clock, I'll, I'll close this out.